Welcome, friends. You are listening to the Mind Body Alchemy Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Miramontes. This is where intuition meets education in the realms of spirituality, fitness, mindset, and more, all to create lasting change. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the podcast, and thanks so much for being here. Today, we are going to be talking about some self-inquiry. I'm going to take you on a visualization. Stick with me here. I promise you it's worth it. And we are going to be discovering what kind of eater you are and then deciding what kind of eater you want to be. That is kind of an annoying phrase, so I'm going to try and refrain from using it too much here, but it's the only way that I could think of to describe what I mean. When we decide to go on a diet, we do so from this place of being desperate for change. And it's usually somebody else's success or something we see in a magazine or something that's on social media, or even something that we've tried before. It could be something that's going on in your office, or with our families, or whatever, that gets that ball rolling. And one of the biggest mistakes that we make is thinking about these changes, this diet, as short-term. We look at the changes in a right-now lens without looking 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, or even six months down the road, when you have some sort of celebration or vacation or something important to you coming up. Even if you're losing weight for a specific event, like a wedding or family reunion, you still don't imagine what it's going to feel like and look like for you to adopt these eating behaviors when those things are going on. So I want to take you down a little bit of a journey right now to help you envision what you really want when it comes to food. When you go on vacation, do you want to be someone who packs a kitchen scale? If so, whatever, but are you really going to feel like pulling it out in a restaurant or on your anniversary? Or if you actually have to leave it at home and you've come to rely on it so heavily that you're terrified that one meal that you don't weigh and measure is going to be your downfall? Are you going to feel okay about that? Are you okay with counting points for the rest of your life? What about for your birthday cake? I know that the immediate answer is going to be, of course I am, as long as I could be thin and skinny or whatever. But how many years of counting do you think that you can do without having some long-term consequences on your mindset and your mental health, and also the mindset and mental health of those who you are influencing. Talking to you here, moms, I'm not here to attack, but it is what it is. The more we look at food as numbers, calories, and measurements, the more disconnected we are from what our body wants and needs in order to thrive mentally and physically. We're not put on this earth to weigh and measure and track and point and qualify every single bite that we take. All of these things are systems in place, trying to create a way for us to control our bodies and manipulate our size. I am not saying that there's no merit in paying attention to these things. It's important because we live in a different world now. It's really stressful. We use food for celebration. We have food that is abundantly available at every gas station, drive throughs mega sizes in our grocery store. Things are preserved. They never go bad. We can have tons of it in our pantry at any given time. And so these things, the larger portion sizes, etc., 
have all added up to overconsumption just as a culture. So yes, there is some merit to having some awareness around portion control and maybe some basic nutrition calorie macro knowledge. We have to adjust and find a way to be a little bit more mindful since our obstacles are not the same as when humans were put on the earth and food was scarce and we had a completely different set of hangups. But with that in mind, our bodies still know how to behave. We have not adapted to the abundance of food that's available to us or the astronomical portion sizes. We still have the same primal instincts, the same built-in systems, and they are available to us if we're willing to listen, if we're willing to take time and to relearn them, to reacquaint ourselves with them. So even though we haven't adapted and adjusted, that doesn't mean that our systems are broken. When I talk to you about what kind of eater you are, and really what kind of eater you want to be, there's that phrase again, I want you to imagine your whole life. I want you to skip ahead to when you're 80 years old, and you imagine that 80-year-old version of you wanting to be on a diet. Can you imagine your great-grandchildren bringing you your birthday cake and you whipping out your calculator to make sure you have enough points or numbers in order to eat it and enjoy it? Can you imagine being guilt-ridden over your birthday cake at that age? Because if you cannot fathom a world where you have to do these things, then using these tools as a way to get there wherever you think you want to go is not going to be sustainable and you are going to be disappointed in the end. So take a look at your habits right now. Are you someone who eats on the go? Or do you give your body time to sit down, relax, and eat in an undisturbed and undistracted way? Do you eat quickly and with the mindset of food being inconvenient? Do you eat in secret? Do you feel out of control around treats and snack foods? Do you feel stressed at special events or at the dessert table? Were you raised in a household where clearing your plate was a rule and you have not broken up with that rule in your adult life? Are you somebody who regularly frequents drive throughs orders the same thing, eats in your car before you even get to your destination, and you actually don't even know whether or not you like the thing you ordered? Are you so checked out that you forget to taste the food or barely remember eating it at all? I remember being that way. I remember looking down at my plate being such a fast, disconnected eater that my food would be gone and I would be so disappointed because I forgot to taste it. It was just kind of like, who stole my bowl of yogurt here? And it sucks because I counted that and I measured it and I knew I couldn't have any more. So there was no satisfaction whatsoever. Are you someone who thinks of food as the most important thing in your day and you can't wait to walk through the door, drop your purse, rip off your bra and head straight to the pantry? Sweet relief. Do you find yourself snacking between meetings, during meetings, or to avoid doing the dishes? What are some ways that food shows up in your life as a regular habit outside of mealtimes or even a never-ending meal? None of this is meant as judgment, so wipe that slate clean completely and look at this from a very, very neutral lens. Because all you're doing here is collecting data about what kind of eater you are right now so that you can decide if this is the kind of way that you want to interact with food for life 
And which of these areas need most of your attention in order to find a sustainable practice for you in order to get wherever you want to go, in order for you to reach your goals and you don't have to weigh and measure your birthday cake when you're 80 years old. And don't even start with the bullshit of you're not caring when you're 80 because you're just doing this for right now, you're going to live your life while you're young and you won't care about your body then. I am telling you right now, I've had clients of every age and this does not go away unless you fix it with intention. I promise you these thoughts are for good if you spend your life on diets. So now that you've done a little bit of a research project into your own brain, you've poked around there and into your own life and you can see your habits, how do you feel? What do you see that could use some help? How does it feel to think that you're going to work to change these things? Is it a little bit scary? Do you even believe that you can? Do you think it's going to be worth the effort? Okay, we are going to do a little breath transformation activity here. I want you to listen first or you will be holding your breath for a really long time. You might want to have a pen and paper handy so you can write down your own version of this and then you can pause this and try it out, okay? Now, I want you to imagine that you have taken all of these habits that you currently have and placed them in the air in front of you. The way you interact with food, the speed eating, the distracted eating, using food to buffer, procrastinate, and avoid hard things, the obsession with numbers, tracking, the self-doubt, the lack of trust, the scarcity, the binges, giving yourself permission to eat based on the scale number, compulsive eating. Imagine all of these habits and behaviors that are floating around you. Now take all of that in, breathe it in, pay attention to how your body feels. Now I want you to imagine the version of yourself that eats for nourishment, pleasure, and energy. Imagine feeling relaxed around food, eating exactly what you want in amounts that are enjoyable and comfortable for your body. Imagine that food is not the most important thing in your life or the thing you look forward to every single day when you get off work. Imagine spending your time with people and knowing that you're going to eat just enough and when you walk away from the table, you're not going to feel heavy. You're not going to look for an excuse to leave early so that you can finally get those jeans off because they just feel too tight. You won't be ordering a salad only to go home, hit the drive through on the way there, and binge on what you really wanted in secret. Hold that image of freedom in your mind, and I want you to transform each of those behaviors that weren't serving you into habits that do. As you exhale, release any negative emotion that you've been holding on to. You might have to repeat this a few times at first in order to really see and feel the change. You might have to do it a few times to get past your inner critic that's telling you how weird this is and how stupid it is and how dumb you're being. Stay with it. Repeat it. Move past that inner critic. Do the work. Now that you've created space in your mind for these two different visions, can you feel the contrast that happens in your body? Can you feel the heaviness and frustration of using food to numb out your emotions and to entertain you? And can you feel the peace 
that is the result of not stressing about food at all. Now, think about how you want to feel as you approach your next weight loss strategy. Do you want to be stressed out about whether or not you're going to be able to sustain the pace that you're being asked to sustain? Because let's be honest here, what builds it keeps it. That means if you lose weight from an unsustainable strategy, you will regain the weight when that strategy has run its course. And you'll probably regain a few extra pounds for good measure. The research doesn't lie here. One of the major reasons that sustainable fat loss doesn't exist for most people is because they forget to weigh the cost of the strategy against how they want to live their lives. I've talked about this before on the podcast. If you choose something from a place of desperation with a bunch of rules, and they take you very far away from how you live your life right now, you're not going to be able to maintain that pace. So when you create the vision in your mind of what kind of eater you would like to be, I also want you to keep in mind at the same time how sustainable that practice is. Are you free because of it, or does it tighten the chains that are around you? The further away it takes you from your life and the life you really want to live, the more impossible it is going to be to maintain your success. Because the reality is we think a thinner, smaller body that taking up less physical space in the world is going to change our lives for the better. There are a lot of ways that that could be possibly true. For example, you might increase your mobility and have more energy. It might be easier to shop for certain clothing. And if you're someone who experiences weight stigma, of course, there needs to be space held for that conversation as well. So yes, in some ways, weight loss can make things easier. But there is always a cost. And it always makes some things harder as well. And you may be thinking, well, Steph, you help people lose weight. So how can you say this? And the reason that I can say this is because I help people lose weight. I help people that have lost weight a million times, but not gained the life that they wanted from it. And I know for a fact that the weight loss that they have cannot hold a candle to the life improvements that they get when they start unraveling the mental hangups, when they stop using food as a way to numb their emotions. It's not the smaller body that improves their life. As you improve your life, and when you change your mind, your body will follow. People's lives don't improve because they live in smaller bodies. People's lives improve because they start having their own back, because the process that they take to work through the really deep emotional stuff that is really holding them back. If you're someone who's gained weight every single year over and over and tried diet again and again, it's not the food. It's not the diet even really. Of course, there are a lot of nonsense diets out there, but the reality is that food and dieting is a placeholder. It's a placeholder for the ways that you are ignoring the work that really needs to be done. That is how you change your life. So create that vision to remind yourself what kind of eater you would like to be in every situation and start eating that way today. When you start eating in a way that honors your body's hunger and fullness signals, and you're relaxed in social situations, and you don't use food anymore for covering up your emotions, that is when you're going to realize you have been covering up the real issues because you've been eating, drinking, shopping, Netflixing them all away. Create the vision, start behaving in that way, and stop getting mesmerized and hypnotized by the shiny object syndrome. Leave the dieting behind. It's a cover-up. And start paying attention 
to what comes up as a result, because what comes up as a result is what really needs your attention. And I want you to just expect to be angry with me when this happens. Expect to be annoyed with me when this happens, because you're going to start to have all these things come up and you're going to want to go back to food because that kind of pain is the one you're familiar with. You're more comfortable with. And all this new stuff is sticky and tough. You're going to tell me that it's so much easier just to go on a damn diet and you will be right. It's easier to go on a diet and lose some weight by counting some reliable and comfortable numbers, but you won't be able to sustain it because it has nothing to do with food and it has everything to do with how you treat yourself, the thoughts that you think, the behaviors that you have in place and the habits that you created in order to keep you feeling safe instead of living a better life. Y'all, that's all I have for you today. I hope you got something out of this. If you did, screenshot it, share it on social media, tag me. All my stuff is going to be in the show notes. I would love to hear from you. Shoot me an email or a DM. And if you have a chance, I would love it if you would just rate and review the podcast. Only takes you a second, helps me out a ton. And I hope you guys have an awesome week. Bye.